And the Lord bless you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to the book of Titus, chapter 1, verse 12. We want to continue on. This is our final study of our Bible study of conquering our demons. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And uh, if you've been here, you know that we're talking about gaining dominion over your flesh or the uh, lower nature. And uh, we have enjoyed uh, studying this and working it through. And we trust you have learned anything from the study, uh, which I'm afraid to ask because you never know. So Titus 1.12, we want to... Uh, we want to uh, bring out a couple of points while the rest of the people are coming in this morning. In all of these, uh, you'll find that there's a human choice. We choose. In other words, there isn't uh, a spiritual dominion. The reason the ancient fathers wrote uh, that uh, conquering your demons is they uh, wrote this under the seven deadly sins. Now, there are more sins than what uh, is listed here, but for some reason they chose to uh, talk about and to emphasize uh, seven sins. And in all of these is a choice that is made. Uh, there is no overwhelming spirit that grabs us, uh, drags us into an alley, mugs us, throws us out, ruined uh, But human choice... God gave us a, a wonderful gift of free will. This is what we believe in, uh, in uh, our doctrinal stance, is that free will uh, is the dominion, a dimension that God gives to all of his creation. And uh, that free will uh, involves moral issues. Uh, that free will has uh, consequences. Uh, actions have consequences, and so this is uh, this is true also in our study today. Then again, if you'll go back on all the things that we've studied, that the battleground is in the mind. Uh, whether we will respond uh, carnally or spiritually is a uh, is a subject of the mind. In the book of First Corinthians ten three through five says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, spirits, wicked spirits in heavenly places. And so uh, the arena, the battleground in the arena is in the mind. An old, uh, an old saying is that you sow a th thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, and you reap a destiny. And so this is true in all the... Uh, uh, various uh, uh, dimensions that we have. And so I'm going to ask just a second, uh, because we'll move through this very quickly. I'm wondering if anybody has any comment uh, or question concerning the lessons that we've already studied. 
Remember the studies at Greed, uh, we uh, lust, uh, we studied all of these. So does anybody have any comment or any question about any of these? I often have people that come after the study and they, they add a little dimension to it, which is very helpful. Anyone have any question about so far? How many of you don't even know what we're talking about? <laughs> okay, let's move through this. So this morning we want to take the final one. I saved this to last so I don't lose all my friends. And so <laughs> I want Titus 1.12. Somebody get that for me. It's, uh, is uh, uh, Tom uh, Kay is going to get that for me. So uh, history uh, records uh, the carnivals of ancient Rome. Now these carnivals were a vast indulgence of the flesh. And uh, as a part of this, they, these carnivals were, carnivals were distinguished by gluttony. That was a major part of these uh, carnivals. And uh, I remember uh, going through one uh, site in uh, one of our tours. I can't remember exactly where it was. It was entering an amphitheater. And just inside the entrance was what was a puke pit. And the reason that was there was that people would uh, indulge themselves to excess. Uh, this is a part of their uh, celebration. There'd be food of every kind. They would, uh, uh, they would indulge themselves. Uh, and uh, they could retreat to... Uh, the puke pit, much like a bulimic person, and there they could relieve themselves of the food they'd eat, vomit, and then go back for more. So this was a part of the uh, of the scene of celebration. So this has great meaning for you and I. And we have a very interesting text in the book of Titus, chapter 1, and uh, verse 12. I want uh, you to read that for me, uh, Tom Kay. One of them, a prophet of their own, Said Christians are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. Okay, and I think the King James uh, gets at his slow bellies, and so uh, we want to examine that for a moment uh, as we move through this. So uh, we're going to take lesson number eight as our final lesson: starving gluttony. So I want to move through this. I want several scriptures. I want Genesis one twenty through twenty two. Jeff Cooper, I want Genesis 1, 29 and 30. As Dennis, I want Ecclesiastes 5, 18. Anybody awake in this section? Okay, uh, Caleb, if you'll get that for me. Then I want Psalms 128, verse 2. Is Mike Sanchez. Genesis 9, uh, 3 and 4 is uh, Noel. Genesis three seventeen through 19, who was it? Somebody lift their hand here. It's over in the back is Rich Merck. Uh, I want Psalms 8, verses 6 through 8, over on my right side. Psalms 8, 6 through 8. It's uh, uh, Jordan. And Psalms 19, 1 is Justin. Find those and then hold your finger there because I'll work through as I preach through this. So... First of all, we want to look at God's provision uh, in the abundance of the creation of planet Earth. Uh, it's astonishing when you begin to consider the wonderful 
blessing of God's provision and uh, the systems that he has put in place, the food chain, you could use that, uh, that, uh, uh, that statement. So uh, 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 National Geographic Magazine, just the May 19, uh, uh, May 2014, National Geographic said it, it does an interesting section. By 2050, we're going to need to feed 9 billion people. Our population is exploding in that. And so it uh, gives some very interesting ways that uh, society is adjusting to be able to produce enough food for that. Uh, and uh, as you uh, ponder that, there's a statement that you need to ponder. God has provided that there will always be enough. Now, it's not God's, uh, 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 not God's plan that people be without food or that people starve. If you begin to examine the wonderful uh, creation, it is an ingenious uh, uh, creation. And uh, 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 Genesis 1, 22-22. Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures, and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. Okay, so here is the uh, creation, and that uh, creation has within itself the, uh, uh, the uh, ability to not only survive, but to uh, multiply themselves. And he says these uh, tremendous statements. There's a man, I have an article by Eugene Burlog, and I have used it in uh, preaching. He saved a million souls. And it is a story of how this man is an agronomist. And uh, he uh, uh, created what's called super wheat, which is taking the wheat that is that is grown by God's creative power and by uh, studying it and developing it and giving a plan of where to plant it, how to plant it, and what time to plant it. Uh, he, uh, star he saved many, many people from starvation. So here we have in creation, uh, uh, somewhere I saw a, uh, uh, a uh, documentary of the of the crab pots where they put these crab pots in the sea and raise them up. And uh, it, it, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, I, in my mind, I said, how many millions of tons of crabs uh, has to go feed? So every so often I, I go out to uh, the Red Lobster and I get the uh, crab legs. And so uh, I was back in, uh, in Massachusetts, a pastor, uh, fi uh, fixed uh, uh, king crabs, you know, it's huge. And so how many millions of tons of that is pulled from the sea and fly flown everywhere? Here we are in Prescott, Arizona. We're a jillion miles from any ocean. And yet uh, how much, how many crab legs go through the red lobster in the United States in a year or a day even? Who knows? So here's this genius of God's uh, uh, 
procreative ability. Birds of the air, uh, fish of the sea, uh, and uh, the plants that have the ability within them whose seed is in itself upon the earth to recreate. So this is why uh, that God has provided there will always be enough. But uh, human uh, uh, error, human sin, human rebellion, human exploitation uh, begins to alter that, and it comes out in a different way. Genesis 1, 29 and 30. God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. And then Ecclesiastes 5, verse 18. Here is what I have seen. It is good for me for one to eat and drink. Okay, so here's some interesting dimensions because God created food and he created it for the uh, uh, enjoyment of man, not just survival of man. Can you say amen? It says that very plainly in the scripture. So there's a difference in eating to live and living to eat. That's where we get down to the where the rubber meets the road on gluttony. So I got people are squirming already. So it's okay. We're going to come out of this alive before we get through with this. Uh, I I often uh, on Sunday morning I uh, I cook my own breakfast, and so uh, I'm often breaking an egg, and I'm looking at this egg, and I'm thinking to myself, what a genius of creation. Now think about that. Here is an egg. Uh, I like mine over easy. My wife hates it. She cringes. She, how can you eat those things every time I do that? But uh, that's how I like them. And so here's this genius uh, of God's creation. Uh, a chicken lays an egg. And uh, if, uh, if the natural uh, process is, uh, if you have them in, 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 in a pen, uh, they will lay an egg, and uh, if you don't prevent it, they'll lay on them. It's in the, it's the intuition. Uh, when I was a boy, I used to live up the road here a little way, and uh, uh, there's a wood pile. And uh, our neighbor had banty chickens, and they just ran wild. And so uh, it's interesting. I'd watch those banty chickens. Uh, how many of you know what a banty chicken is? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming obsolete here. I can tell that already. And so the interesting thing about bandy chickens, they'll lay five eggs and set on them. I mean, and so they disappear, and I'm looking for them, and I'd go around watching, and I'd find these bandy chickens sitting on a, on a, uh, uh, on a nest of eggs. That's their national, uh, natural, natural intuitions placed in there by God to reproduce. And so, uh, you know, all kinds of tales I could tell. I was always wanting to hurry them up because if they set them on for, set on them for a while, they incubate them with their body. And then pretty soon the holes start appearing there. Their little chicks are trying to pick their way out. And I learned quickly that if I try to help them, I'll kill a chicken. So they got to do it themselves. And so, but here's this genius. Here's a shell. And here is a yellow which is the seed and the white of that, and it just makes delicious eating. Amen. <laughs> but think about that, because that is God's natural uh, 
method of, uh, of uh, uh, replenishing themselves upon the earth. It's put in by God, and man takes advantage of that and enjoys the fruit of that. Same with fruit trees. Isn't it interesting that fruit uh, grows on trees? It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So this is God's plan, but in those seeds, uh, or in those those beautiful fruit are seeds, and seeds are uh, a method that God has placed for uh, replenishing itself upon the earth. And the old saying that any fool can count the number of the seeds in an apple, only God knows how many apples are in the seed. And so this is that genius. And I often think about that uh, when looking at that and uh, the things of God. Psalms 128, verse 2. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, Okay, so here we see that God's not against food. Uh, it says plainly that he's created it for our enjoyment. He's created it for our sustenance. As a matter of fact, uh, we don't do very well unless we do have food. And so uh, man is to utilize that and he's to cultivate certain uh, aspects of that. Genesis chapter 9, verses 3 and 4. Okay, here's some restrictions he puts upon that. One thing is, he says, you're not going to eat this meat uh, with the blood. So there's whole streams of people that are rising up, the Adventists. They're all vegans, they call them. There's no meat. And if you meet one, they need to eat some meat, man. They need some protein. They get, they're all pale-looking folks, you know. And so uh, uh, there's evil. And so they take out of the Scripture and twist it the way they want it. But uh, clearly, God has given this for man's sustenance and for his health. Genesis uh, uh, 3, verses 17 through 19. And Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Okay, here's the statement of the curse, and if you've ever done any gardening, you recognize that that curse is alive and well. When we pastored in Canada many years ago, a, a lot of the people up there grew gardens, and so I said, well, I'm going to plant a garden. So I dug up a plot of ground and planted... Uh, uh, two or three things. One of the things I planted was radishes. And so uh, comes time to harvest my radishes. I goes out and I pulls them up. And lo and behold, there's other people that like radishes besides me. And they're wormy. You know, they've got worms in them. These little creatures have, are there. That's a part of the curse on planet Earth. So uh, although the Earth brings forth, there are certain dimensions at work. Uh, and uh, I experienced that. But... Uh, uh, that's a part of the curse. There's an ingenious dimension to this, uh, and it's awesome. Psalms 8, verses 6 through 8. Read that for me. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, 
even the, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. Okay, man is to have dominion over nature in Psalms 19.1. Okay, we're fastening this morning then on the miracle of food design, whose seed is in itself. And God says this is his plan. He's planned that there will always be enough. This is his purpose. This is his design. And that's marvelous to be whole. So uh, uh, we're studying this morning. The, the study is uh, a starving gluttony. So uh, I see that someone's with great timing, has put in the bulletin this morning on the last page. More gray hair, you're getting distinguished. Fatter, you're growing robust. <laughs> Some are more robust than others. Delusional, nope, you're just optimistically enlightened. So let's open for a little bit of discussion this morning before we uh, bring the hard stuff. Is uh, Bear Montgomery. Traveled to Israel with you. Uh, one of the things that was really amazing to Marie and I were all the little kind of micro plots of food all over the place. There would be bananas here, there would be vegetables here, there would be fruit trees here, and they were all in the middle of the desert uh, with a drip system. And some of them had coverings, uh, you know, for the uh, for too much sun, or they had a covering that just let in partial sun. And uh, you'd go from one, one field, uh, you know, just dry desert rocks, and then there would be fruit trees. And then you'd go a, a little further, and there would be vegetables growing. And even down by the, the, the Dead Sea, there were all kinds of uh, different vegetables and fruits growing. And I remember reading uh, when the Palestinians took over the West Bank in the early uh, 1990s, one of the first things they did is, they trashed all of the uh, uh, all of the, uh, the fruits and vegetables and, and uh, things that the Israelis had, had made. They just destroyed it out of anger. Okay, so here is uh, is, is the marvel of Israel. Uh, they uh, are are um, uh, taking advantage of the opportunities that they had. and so they planted fruit trees everywhere. They planted trees because. When the Turks uh, occupied the land, they uh, they stripped the land. They cut down uh, many of the trees uh, because of various reasons. One of these was to furnish uh, wood for the steam railroads. The other was the Turks be, uh, began to uh, tax every tree that was growing. And so people got rid of their trees rather than pay tax on it. But when Israel came back into the land, uh, uh, this, uh, this ability, remember I said that God has designed there will always be enough. So here in that barren land, uh, is, uh, these, uh, these uh, Israelis have planted and are continuing to plant everywhere uh, down in the total sand of the Jordan Valley uh, is, a, is a vast fruit and vegetable growing area because the drip system which the Israelis perfected uh, utilizing the water and uh, there are just uh, miles of uh, vegetables, miles of fruit. They send the first fruit to Europe 
and others because of the climate. They're able to preempt uh, some of the rest of the world and fruit and melons and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so there you see it because they have utilized what God has placed there, but the Arabs uh, have no use for that. They'd rather get money from America and England. Palestinians, poor, suffering Palestinians have been abused and persecuted and, and hated. And so when they took over the Gaza Strip, called the Gaza Strip, Israel was employing Palestinians in vast uh, uh, vegetable uh, uh, growing areas. I mean, vast, everywhere. If you ever saw any news, it was there. And rather than utilize that when they went in, they destroyed it. So uh, that's what you're dealing with, the difference of the mentality. One of the places I take the people to when we can is the Golan Heights where we look down on the border to Syria and uh, look down on that. So here as you is, is a clear demarcation. On that side is Syria, on this side is Israel. Uh, on the Syria side, not a thing has grown there. It's just like it was since creation, I suppose. But on the Israeli side, they planted uh, groves of trees and, uh, and uh, orchards. Uh, and it's just like the difference between night and day. So here's the difference. It's why I said God has designed there was always be enough. But man, because of his various uh, uh, fallen nature uh, agendas, uh, disturbs that. And many people are starving because of that. Good, very good. Somebody else, a comment. Uh, it's Jeff Brown. Well, none of us are supposed to be here. We should have died ten times over. I remember in the 19, early 1970s, they said we were going to head into an ice age and we'd all be killed. And then I, I remember after that, they said that our pollution was going to cause the ozone to mutate and the gamma rays from the sun were going to hit us and cause us all to turn into uh, monsters and stuff. <laughs> and after that, I remember the population bomb was going to hit by the ni late 1990s. There's going to be so many people on the earth and all starve to death. Yeah. Now I remember that <laughs> then the, we were going to have global warming and the ice caps were going to melt, the sea was going to rise, and we'd all be drowned. And so, you know, I figure we're just living on borrowed time. <laughs> so living on borrowed time, eat all we can while we can. Okay. <laughs> okay, great comment. Okay, so uh, let's move on here for a moment. I want to, uh, uh, I want to get some scriptures if I can. Uh, I want to... Uh, uh, now, let me talk for a while, so, before we get to Scripture. So, now we want to get into the sin of gluttony. The sin of gluttony. Okay. So, there's an American crisis right now. The schools uh, are, have vending machines, and they're punching out lunches that have uh, uh, high carbons in it, uh, Coke machines, uh, diets, uh, 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 obesity is the uh, is the is the uh, word today, and actually, the problem is not the machines in the schools, nor the diets. 
the machine, uh, machines in, in the food aren't the problem. Uh, the problem is overindulgence. So that's why that it comes to the sin of gluttony. So here's an amazing quote. Listen to this quote. I, this is an old book that I've got some of the material from this, from written before the turn of the century, of the 18th century. So this is a quote. It says, but on the whole, uh, it should be, you should be inclined to say, gluttony is a sin which the civilized man has outgrown. And there's not much need for referring to it in the pulpit. It is a curious fact that a sin which was once an urgent topic in the teaching of morality should now be so rare that we can practically neglect it. So here's this old book. It's declaring victory over this uh, business of gluttony. Uh, but uh, it's kind of like the, uh, uh, the war against al-Qaeda. You declared it too soon, I think. So... Uh, uh, that's a very interesting. I mean, I, I got that quote from a book. It's, it's unbelievable to read that. And so uh, let's, let's define gluttony. Here, gluttony is given to excessive eating, is one uh, a quotation. Or indulging the appetite for food to excess is another. And so you and I know that we have restaurants that cater to gluttony. How many of you ever been up to Zeke's? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's obscene. <laughs> when you go to Zeke's and order breakfast, take somebody with you because it's going to be enough for both of you. And uh, so that is an example of the out-of-bounds uh, American. You know, uh, the interesting thing is when, uh, when we have our conferences and some of our foreign workers come in, they can hardly believe their eyes. Well, they go to these restaurants, uh, and uh, here's this massive amount of food this, uh, uh, that is served. It was Zeke's is one. Another is uh, Clem Jumper. They don't have any uh, here in Prescott, but uh, Clem Jumpers, it's over the top, man. I don't care what you order. It's absolutely out of bounds. Uh, and so uh, here, here it is. Uh, in Amarillo, Texas, when, uh, years ago, the first time I went there, they took me to this steakhouse. And in the steakhouse, they serve a 72-ounce steak. Now, stay with me. Four and a half pounds. And if you can eat the shrimp cocktail, the baked potato, the salad with, the, with roll, butter, and, of course, the 72-ounce steak in one hour, it's free. And with that, of course, they, uh, they set you in a table in the middle of that, and they furnish a... Uh, a uh, a vomit container. This is included <laughs> with the meal that is there. Now, this is an American, okay? And uh, there's folks every so often they try it because they uh, they want to be the center of attention. And so, uh, but lay that aside. Lay Zeke's aside. Lay uh, lay uh, claim jumpers aside. And uh, the real curse is all you can eat buffets. There's a motivation in all you can eat buffets, and that motivation is get your money's worth. Is that right? Be sure you get your money's worth. And so uh, I've just uh, spoken about lunch. You know, we're going to go out for lunch today. Okay, so let's come to the biblical admonition for a moment. I want Deuteronomy 21, 20 and 21. Somebody help me over here. Deuteronomy 21, 
20 and 21. Nobody wants to read the scripture here. You notice that? <laughs> Justin, Deuteronomy 21, 20 and 21. Proverbs 23, 21. Tom, you notice these are all skinny guys that are reading this. <laughs> Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9 is Jordan. And Proverbs 25, verse 16 is uh, uh, Steve Hernandez. And 1 Timothy 6, verse 8 is Caleb. 1 Timothy 6, verse 8. Okay, I'm going to read those and we're going to move through those. So Deuteronomy 21, uh, 20, 20, 21. Here's some warnings against gluttony. Remember, gluttony is overindulgence. It doesn't mean that God has placed food on the earth to kill you or to condemn you, but we're dealing with overindulgence, self-indulgence. And uh, the Bible has some things to say about that. Uh, Deuteronomy 21, 20 and 21. They shall say to the elders of this city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. So remember, we're dealing with the sin of gluttony. We're not just talking about a habit. We're talking about a sin. And so it's interesting here. Apparently, uh, parents had the responsibility to uh, teach their children and to set an example for their children and to warn them against overindulgence. Uh, and it's interesting, if they didn't, they just took them out and killed them. So that's, this is the, we're, probably, <laughs> we're talking about serious business. Okay. Proverbs, Proverbs 23, 21. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Okay, so here's an interesting statement that this uh, issue is going to compute into your life. And it says that the habit of overeating and not governing yourself or disciplining yourself, uh, that it's going to churn out into your life. It has consequences, uh, and you're not going to be able to fulfill the potential that God blesses you with is because you come to poverty uh, and uh, uh, and it's going to affect uh, your personality. Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Okay, here then is the, is the statement there. It says, Is it danger that you... Uh, because of overeating, I think it's Luke that prophesies uh, that in the, final, uh, the last days uh, that uh, men are going to be uh, indulging themselves uh, with overeating and not be sensitive in their spirit and in their nature to the times they live in. And uh, it's found in Luke 21, if you want to read it. And uh, this is one of the signs of the last days. Now, Having said that, there's a tendency to asceticism. I think I mentioned that last week or so when I was preaching about uh, people. Asceticism is self-denial. And asceticism is uh, denial of the flesh. 
and being prideful about that uh, and living at a very basic level. And uh, uh, Colossians talks about uh, denying the flesh, making the flesh stronger because pride sets in. And when we're talking about this, we're not talking about asceticism, but we're talking about uh, the overindulgence. So appetite's not evil. Overindulgence uh, is evil. Uh, Proverbs uh, twenty-five, sixteen. Have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need. Best you be filled with it and monitor. Okay, here's a, a subject on self-discipline. Uh, everybody enjoys sweets. Can you say amen? But uh, he he gives a very interesting dimension there that if you overindulge in that, then uh, you'll, you'll make yourself sick. Uh, and 1 Timothy 6, verse 8. Okay. Then I need Judges uh, chapter 3, 21 and 22. Somebody help me here. It's Phil, uh, Phil, uh, um, help me there. 1 Samuel four eighteen is rich. I want Proverbs 23, 1 through 3 is Alan. I want Proverbs 23, 6 is uh, George Shields. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 7 is Robert. Psalms 141, verse 4 is Casey. And Galatians 5, 23. Who is it? Is Who is it, Steve? Okay, so let's move on then for a moment because... Uh, 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 we have biblical admonition, but we need to understand uh, this is uh, this is not to put us into asceticism, which is self-denial as a uh, as a religious pride, but uh, it's in balance as all things in the Bible are in balance. Judges three twenty one and twenty two. The neighbor reached with his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. Even the hilt went in after the blade. And the fat closed over the blade, for he did not draw the dagger out of his belly, and his entrails came out. Here's a very amusing uh, little scene in the scripture. Is uh, Ehud comes in to bring deliverance to the people, uh, and uh, the old boy is uh, uh, obviously, uh, what what did we say, uh, robust. He's <laughs> And as he slams the dagger into his stomach. He can't pull it out because the fat closes in. That was one big dude. Can you say amen? But uh, Walter Hudson would fit into that category. You know who Walter Hudson is? He faded from the scene. He's a guy that weighed, what, 1,200 pounds? Couldn't even get him out of his bed. They had to tear the house apart to get him out finally. And so uh, you know, I often wonder about people that feed these people. You'd have to be, you'd have to be uh, imbalanced to keep carrying food into a guy that couldn't even get out of bed, but he could eat. Man could eat. When they said how much Walter Hudson ate, I said, "Wow." <laughs> okay, Pete Walter. He's skinny. He's gonna weigh in here. Was kind of he said, you're free to go anytime you want to. He made the door very thin, 
And then for the rest of his life, he just sent him the finest foods and stuff, and the guy could never get out the door because he would not discipline himself yeah, that's an interesting, uh, I never hadn't thought about that. I've read that. I think used in a sermon one time that uh, he, he didn't want to kill him. He didn't want to be guilty of murder. We just put him in a room and gave him all he could eat in a little skinny door, and he finally couldn't get out, get out the door. Very good. Okay, and uh, Jeff Brown. Well, I'd like to say a word on behalf of Pat. <laughs> Don't you love the, these Bible classes? We get everybody gets to weigh in, and so we always appreciate these. Uh, I used to know this girl. Her name was uh, Karen Heinberg. She could eat twice as much as I could eat, and she'd never gain a pound. But then I know other people that could eat sushi all day long and vegetable smoothies, and they're still going to weigh 250 pounds. You know? But it strikes me that uh, in this day and age, there's another factor involved with uh, people being big. And I face it myself. You know, I'm a jeweler. So a lot of the times I'm just doing little tiny stuff like this at a bench, you know, under magnification. And that's really bad for my body. That's why I kind of tried to spice in some landscaping with that so I stay in halfway shape, you know what I mean? But it used to be that back in the time of the Israelis or even in the early part of this country that, you know, you were a man at 18. And at 12, you were a worker. And you went out, you worked on the farm, you fed the cattle, you did this and that. Nowadays, you know, people are, are bookkeepers and, and bankers and, you know, so we it's called discipline. Okay. And I know that hormones, they eat a cracker and they gain 20 pounds, but uh, it's, it's really, uh, it's not a hormone problem, it's a forklift problem. <laughs> I've passed a long time, I know the whole dimensions, I know every excuse that has been used, and uh, it's a forklift problem. And uh, occupation, if you're a jeweler, you need to get out and, and do something. And uh, you won't be that way. And lay off the, lay off the fat stuff, okay. Uh, George. Yeah, there are, of course, some... Now we're going to hear about fat cows, okay. Fat cows are big cows.
saying is, uh, in her case, she got to where her only friend was too. Bitter about the disappointments of life that had left her that way. Yeah. Died young is a key phrase. Okay, I want to finish. I'm going to open it for discussion. Let's go on for a moment. Where are we? Uh, 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 1 Samuel 4, uh, 18. This is a very interesting text. And then it happened when you made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off the, back, off the seat backward by the side of the gate. And his neck was broken and he died. For the man was old and big bone and he shed <laughs> <laughs> you get into real trouble editing the Bible. Uh, the Bible says he was old and he was heavy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, in other words, slow reflexes in life is, is not a good scene. All right, Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 23, 1 through 3. Remember, I said gluttony is a choice, as are all the seven deadly sins. Proverbs 23, 1 through 3. Uh, when you sit to eat with the ruler, consider diligently what is brought before you. Put it back to your throat, that you be a man given to appetite. Uh, be not desirous of the dead, Okay, here uh, gives this admonition, if you be a man given to appetite when you're eating and uh, his dainties are very appealing to you, then you need to put a knife knife to your throat because uh, death looks you in the face. Proverbs 23, verse 6. Okay, then here again, appetite. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 7. And there's the overindulgence. Psalms 141, verse 4. All right. So the promise of God is self-control. Galatians 5, verse 23. Gentleness, self-control, against such there is no There's the cure, and which is denying... Uh, gluttony. So, uh, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, Overeaters, Anonymous, all of these exist because of lack of self-control. We once had an evangelist, a very interesting statement. I think it fits in with Jeff Brown's statement. And this evangelist said, there's a lot of skinny gluttons too. <laughs> so, he was, he was very robust. And so, uh, uh, Jesse Morales, we sent to, uh, Santa Fe. And uh, Jesse was becoming very robust. And so I s gave him a, a picture, uh, a, a cartoon of a seriously overweight, naked man. And I said, Jesse, put this on your fridge. <laughs> and he did. And he's trim and slim and uh, looks fantastic. I'm going to see if we can dig that out and give it to Angel. But it's, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got time for comment. <laughs> Who is it? Is it uh, Denny? In my history, for, uh, for over 80 years, the standard, 
I know cabinets, the standard for upper cabinets, the industry standard is 12 inches deep. For over 80 years, in the last uh, 10 years, the standards have changed by two inches. The cabinets have grown to 14 inches deep because people are using bigger plates and bigger bowls. They won't fit in older cabinets. It's an American, uh, uh, it's an American syndrome, yes. Okay, good, very good. Somebody else. How many of you are my friends after this? Are you still all my friends? Okay. Go up to the Golden Corral and remember what I said. Uh, Kim. Um, it's interesting that passage in uh, Judges when the children of Israel, after the big fat man was killed, they rose up and they attacked the Edomites. And the Bible says that all his soldiers were just as big as he was. Oh, really? It says that they were all lusty. I didn't I didn't pick it up. Thank you for that little insight. That's very good. Wow. And uh, uh, Yvonne. Zeke's, claim jumpers. I mean, you're talking massive amounts of food, and it's a uh, desire grows as our stomach grows. That's the problem. Okay, one more comment. Question, assault. Uh, Carlene, here's, here's a tiny little lady here. She's going to make a comment. Uh, okay, I was reading somewhere where the South is the most unhealthy section of the country. And that's because, number one, the food is so good. And number two, people just overeat. Yeah. And when I go home, all my relatives are Okay, so uh, uh, the sin of gluttony, remember that it's overindulgence, uh, and uh, I won't leave it at that. And so come to church again, would you? That I'm not mad at anybody, but the Bible speaks, and uh. Much of the problems in the health industry is for, from overweight free people. They do not discipline themselves, and they grow into a habit of doing this. As they grow into a habit of doing this, it takes a toll on their health. Uh, diabetes many times is directly related to that. And uh, 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 overweight people traditionally have heart problems. They have circulation problems. And so it's to our benefit and God who loves us, cares for us, 
has written that for us. We can gain the victory, and it's called uh, self-control. The Lord bless you. Uh, thank you for listening to me this morning. Amen.